0: When you start to put yourself out there, even whether you're taking that bigger role at a company, if you step into a more visible leadership position, or you put yourself out there as an entrepreneur, you are going to be facing any unresolved issues of worthiness, of value, of credibility, of the imposter syndrome, no matter what.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast. Mindvalley is bringing you the most advanced education in the world. If you are a member of Mind Valley, know that you're going to get access to all of this for less than $2 a day. See, most schools like Harvard charge thousands of dollars for a college education and we think this is rubbish. We know that in five years from now, you will be better equipped when you get to study from the likes of the incredible teachers that we bring on the Mindvalley platform with the curriculum design, the amazing storytelling and the technology that really enables you to truly transform. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to learn more on how to become a a member of Mind Valley. Hi, everybody, this is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Today we're gonna be talking about a skill that you would love to know about because when you learn this, you can really empower yourself in maybe launching your own business, empowering your current venture, and seeing how you can bring revenues and be able to influence a lot of people, make an impact when it comes to whatever is your creation that you have. And if you decide to work within a career and still stay there, this is something you might be able to bring within the team as a special way to generate more revenues and more Income. We're going to have Destiny Berman come here and speak about a skinny launch, launching products online and so much more around this aspect and why it's so useful for you to know. Now she's been a woman that's been working in Silicon Valley with clients such as Twitter, Hewitt Packard, Microsoft. She's actually been the host of Own Your Calling Summit and she helps her clients do seven figure launches and she works with all the experts and educators within that space. She's been called the strategist and secret visionary behind today's most widely recognized online schools in the yoga and mindfulness space. So if you're a fan of Mindvalley, you'll see that these are the types of spaces that there's a lot you can learn from and this is what we're gonna be talking about today she has done incredible things managing online marketing budgets for companies such as Procter and Gamble and Microsoft she loved it but decided to make a transition into the entrepreneur world we're going to talk more about that as well and it is my best pleasure to have destiny barman on the show with us destiny thank you so much for being here
0: thank you so much for having me in that beautiful intro
1: Ah, Well, it's my pleasure. This is amazing. So you've made a transition from the whole career side back in 2014. And I wanted to kick off there because a lot of us, especially in 2020, either have been forced to rethink our career or might be brought to a point where we want to rethink our career and see what we want to create. I'd love to know what was your journey that made you ditch the career and get into the space of being an entrepreneur?
0: (laughs) Well, it wasn't always the most straightforward one. And for a couple of years there, I was playing with this idea of, well, maybe I can stay in my job and still have a side hustle or a side business. And ultimately when it came down for me, it was hard to have both. You know, There was a lot going on in my full-time career and there was a lot of responsibility. So I had to make a choice. Now, there wasn't anything external that was forcing the choice per se, but it did come down to at some point, do I want to take on this bigger role within this organization? The company had recently been acquired, or is it now time to make the leap because it's been percolating for a while?
1: Hmm. I actually can totally empathize with that because I found myself working at Mind Valley for quite a long time, seven years. And I was having that same kind of discussion in my head, but You know, I don't know about you, but I was thinking like, wow, I have a great career for an awesome company, good money, great people I work with, we're on a mission I align to, but there's something that wasn't right. And, you know, I ended up making the leap and I don't know if you were having these same types of internal struggles and, you know, the acquisition, what made you make that jump because of the acquisition? Was it because you'd have less freedom?
0: You know, I stayed for a year after the acquisition and there were all these conversations about Really having a bigger opportunity for me to lead a bigger team, and I felt this responsibility come up because if I if I said yes to that bigger opportunity, it would have meant sticking around for a certain period longer. And there was this deeper, deeper prompting within me that it just didn't feel hundred percent aligned. And you know, I like to say, you know, we can be entrepreneurs, especially within the tech industries, because you there's a lot of room for innovation and a lot of room for leadership. And for some of us, we're just meant to do our own thing. And it just felt like ultimately it came down to that being my path, even though there were so many great things, you know, just like you said, with what I was doing. And it was hard, you know, it was hard to make that choice.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, most people are like, wow, you know, this moment happens and, you know, you realize I hate my job. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And that would be convenient, you know, but I think we're mostly facing that kind of duality because even myself, I had the thought, like, do I do the side hustle? Do I want to, you know, split my responsibilities? And it's almost like that saying that says, if you're focused on everything, you're focused on nothing. And so when I decided to make the leap is when I actually started to work on my own initiatives and building the real business that I wanted to create that was much more aligned with myself. So I'm assuming you've went through a similar experience. So I'm glad to know I'm not alone. (laughs) Now, can you tell us a bit more about what was the journey after you left? Because you had all this experience from the work that you were doing in corporate. How easy was it for you to go from everything you were doing in corporate, the skills you developed there, and did it easily translate to when you started your business or were there key skills that were missing?
0: So the good news was I did find an easy transition, but it was after I dug in and did research. So this was a bit of research and looking a bit into the future. So I knew that I had all this digital marketing experience. I also knew that I liked working with clients. And then I saw where the online education industry was going. And it had already hit some peaks at that time because this was in 2014. But you could feel that it was about to go into the next wave. right? And of course, no one knew what was going to happen this year. And so i said to myself well i love the wellness industry and i love working with human development personal growth experts that has been a part of my thread my entire life and i know i have this marketing experience and i also know that online education is about to grow and as an entrepreneur what i found really early on is that you get to create what you want to create so on one hand you have to work with unknowns but When you get to create your own thing, I was able to create this whole business first doing consulting. And then I started launching my own programs and teaching, bringing these three, essentially three worlds together. And so I wouldn't say it's been easy, but it has been powerful and it has been straightforward in the sense that I've been able to translate B2B over to this part of the work.
1: I see it. Obviously, you had this online marketing experience. I think that's such an important skill to have today. I mean, for me as well, like my background is all sales and online marketing. So I find that, hey, when you have that, it's almost like all the rest of the problems can be quickly solved because you can drive revenue. And so would you say this is one of the key skills that people should be developing, regardless if they are staying in their career or looking to move out?
0: Hundred percent. I've always played in the revenue growth space. So whether I was running accounts or leading marketing budgets, ultimately it was always connected and tied to growing revenue and growing footprint or expanding footprint. And so hundred percent. I think that regardless of what role you're in, it is it's fruitful to tie yourself to some type of revenue game or some type of revenue plan because one you develop the value within the work that you bring, whether you're working within a company or working for yourself. And at the end of the day, revenue and sales can solve a lot of problems.
1: (laughs) True that it's almost like a blessing. (laughs) Exactly. What would you notice with the clients that you do work with? I mean, you help them launch, but obviously you probably come in and you're there to solve problems first. What's the type of problems that you usually identify whenever someone comes to you and saying like, Oh my God, I need to launch something.
0: Yeah. So we all ultimately come up against the same thing because when we're looking at the next step, oh, I want to take my content online. You know, I have launched a book and now I want to scale this online. The question, whether it's set or not, is always one, can I do this? And two, is it going to work? So I guess there's really two parts of the question. Can I do this? Is it going to work? And so I believe in, again, back to the revenue is we want to assess where the low hanging fruit is and we want to start with where we're at. And this ultimately comes down to looking at your assets and looking at your strengths and launching from that perspective. If you already have an audience, let's tap into that. If you already have assets, online content that you produce, let's start with that. So everyone's launch can look different. and why I also call it the skinny launch, but you want to tap into the assets and the strengths that you do have so you can get to revenue and results faster and then build from there.
1: All right. And for the benefit of those listening, a launch is really just putting together a lot of resources towards driving a goal such as revenue and profits at the same time and using a lot of mechanisms online all done within, let's say, a week span or two weeks span, but you put all your effort into one big event that really drives the results. And so you speak about this skinny launch. And so can you maybe give us a better example of what is the expectations people have with a launch? Because I know, know when we would talk about product launch and maybe some of the more old school people here think about the product launch formula, you're thinking about something you could plan almost a whole year for. I know some people used to do one launch a year and that was their one revenue event in the entire year and it was make or break. Yeah, here you're talking about a skinny launch. So what's the difference here and is it as effective?
0: Yes, yeah, so there's a couple of things and this is my approach to doing launches is one, skinny launches are meant to be more frequent than once a year and it's a hybrid of live and behind the scenes, more automated evergreen launches. So the whole idea is that you keep it lean and actually it was built off the idea of a minimal viable product and also the lean startup just from where I've been. And so we wanna keep it lean and we wanna keep it focused so that you can go to market and actually bring in the revenue and bring in the results. And then you evaluate what's worked, what hasn't worked. You continue to build momentum and then you relaunch again. Now my most successful clients, including my own model, we have a couple of live launches per year, the campaigning and all the focus momentum. And then in between a couple of live launches per year, we have evergreen automated funnels where we launch different products. And that essentially stacks up the whole year instead of having just relying on one big launch.
1: I love it. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Superhumans at Work. And remember, this is brought to you by Mindvalley. If you become a member of Mindvalley, you get to unlock all of the education that truly leads to an incredible life. Our patented formula to deliver true transformation includes the best technology, amazing teachers, a curriculum that keeps you engaged and delivers you the content that leads to the best life possible. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to learn more on how to become a member. And now we'll go on with our episode. And so whenever you have those people coming to you saying like, can I do this or will it work? Right. I would say this is maybe a question I had for myself. I've often been able to look when I work within a company or I'm doing work for someone else that is very easy for me to look at. I know it works. I mean, I've done this. It works. No problem. Can I do this? Yes, I have all the knowledge, but there seems to be something a little more vulnerable or a little more scary when you do it for your own. And I know there's a lot of people that are listening that might be coaches, consultants, freelancers, maybe starting as entrepreneurs, and they're still with a small team, and they're putting themselves out there. How often do you deal with the aspect of, you know, self worth, fear, and having it that is so vulnerable when it's your own product? (laughs)
0: I almost feel like this is a trick question because the answer is a resounding, you're going to be dealing with that every growth edge you hit along the way. So that first client you sign on, the first offer you put out there, even that first post you put out about your upcoming product, even before you ask people to buy, even just a heads-up post and heads-up email. It's scary when you send that out. Are people opening it? What have I launched? No one responds. And all this questioning and self-doubt around, You know, is it rejection? Is it fear of judgment? All of this will come up. And it's why I believe that when you start to put yourself out there, even whether you're taking that bigger role at a company, if you step into a more visible leadership position, or you put yourself out there as an entrepreneur, you are going to be facing any unresolved issues of worthiness, of value, of credibility, of the imposter syndrome, no matter what. And so I believe that in order to expand in our professional path, we need to continue to use those tools that empowers us to be able to deal with ourselves at the next level and so on it just never really stops
1: (laughs) sounds like the journey of life (laughs) but i'm glad we can bring this up because i think this is something people need to be ready about and this would kind of bring me to a bit more targeted of a question which is you work into a field which is people within the mindfulness space education space yoga space or online schools do you notice something that's more unique to them that needs to be solved or focused on if this is the place that we're starting from
0: Well, when it comes to marketing in the wellness, personal growth, there is more of a sensitivity, I find, because many times the work just feels so personal, especially if the educator has developed their own approach and their methods over many years of teaching and cultivation. So there is a sensitivity to marketing. There can often be a, I don't want to just plug this into a templated way of doing things because it is so personal. And so there is a wanting to customize, there's a wanting to still keep it unique, even within proven marketing practices.
1: I see. I work with clients in the same space. So I would say the resistance to sales is actually one of the biggest biases we have, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, it's yucky. Oh, selling marketing. It's like, I don't want to do this when you can reframe it completely as an energy exchange and being a beautiful thing that you can do. So this is really fascinating. I'd love to know more about you and your current journey. So obviously as we go through this step and you know you've transitioned over six years ago into being an entrepreneur, what were some of your big milestones as you were building your business when you started putting yourself out there?
0: <laughs> so many. The first one was when I signed my first client and that was about six months after I left after I left my work. And really, I guess the milestone before that was really just even leaving and just thinking to myself, my goodness, I just went from earning all this money to now I'm negative. (laughs) And so I just had to live with that within myself and to trust that, yes, you know, we had savings. I could always come back in six, 12 months. And that was kind of my security blanket. But even choosing to make that leap and trust in my own abilities to create something out of nothing, I would say that was the first pre-milestone And then from there, having signing on my first client and seeing, wow, okay, there could really be something here. And in less than a year, I took my business to a six-figure business, and that felt, you know, that felt solid. I'm like, okay, we've got something here. And then about two and a half, three years ago, I launched my own products, and so I had to build my own email list and my own exposure, and that took me to another level of visibility. And I remember feeling the same way as when I got promoted at companies and had larger teams. I was like, okay, this feels the same way. Really scary. There were some emotional nights and emotional breakdowns. Like, can I really do this now? I'm more public than ever. And now I'm going to fail. And then what? <laughs> Very similar stories.
1: <laughs> it's fascinating how our mind works.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll say this is interesting. That is not too different. And I kept thinking the issue was me working for someone else. And I realized that ultimately you cannot run away from yourself.
1: It's almost like that scale of responsibility just is something that brings you a certain level. I guess, I don't know of a better word of like maturity. Like you, you need to be like, I'm, I'm ready. And it's, even if you're not ready, it's almost like, it's not going to stop you. It's just going to make you through a challenge that will make you grow to that level that you need to be.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I just remember feeling so scary because when you get promoted and you have more responsibility, more people on your team. It's like, wow, OK, now if I fail, then the execs are going to see that. And this was a cool thing. And I said, wow, we really cannot run from ourselves in any environment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I love the fact that whatever you do in a career is kind of going to be what dictates a bit of your path of growth, because it's going to bring those challenges in your life that make you overcome it and then grow from it. And it comes a lot from this. So when it comes to seeing that difference or rather that similarity of the career path, having the similar challenges as you have more and more management responsibilities and in the entrepreneur, it's actually, you're not having staff, although you do, but now it's like clients that you're responsible for as well. Very similar, but would you say that the pace is accelerated and do you see more advantages when you do it within a entrepreneurial venture?
0: It's different. There is more creativity and there's more ability to throw things against the wall and even experiment, I would say in the entrepreneurial space, especially when it's a smaller business. And the reality is that even with a multiple seven figure business, it's still a small business in the business space. So, whereas if you're working for a more established company, even if it's a mid-sized startup to a huge company, there's less room for flexibility. And so you have to work within certain parameters is what I find. So the whole inner conversation is similar, But the level of fluidity varies depending on which path you're on.
1: That's amazing. Destiny, this is so much fun. And I know Simon Sinek says you need to start with why. I kind of want to end with why. I want to know, like, what is it that brought you into that specific space? And how much certainty did you have that this was what you needed to create when we were in the point of creating it?
0: (laughs) Zero certainty. And yet I felt this deep stillness
1: Mm. when
0: I was choosing it. My why is that this is my path. Like I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. I'm meant to create and I'm meant to innovate. And I love the human development and the personal growth worlds. And I love education and learning and teaching. So this is evidently my path. And I'm so lucky that at this time in the world, we can do what we do online at such scale. And there's zero certainty, but just a deep trust in the stillness that shows up.
1: I love it. And you think this opportunity is still open for quite a while for anybody who is in this space of wanting to build business online and market online? What kind of restrictions are you seeing in the timelines for people to be able to do something like this?
0: I think the opportunity is bigger than ever. If anything, there's a lot of content online. And so one of the things is, well, how can I stand out? There's so much competition. There's so much content saturation. But the flip side to it is that online learning has never been so widely accepted, and there's billions of people online who want to learn from you. So the opportunity is bigger than ever. Owning your differentiation and your uniqueness is also more necessary in order to stand out and attract your community. And you know, I have a lot of friends who are at companies who have their own, side hustle really isn't the word for it, but their own teachings and their wisdom and projects that they have developed on the side And ultimately it all comes down to your information, your intellectual property that they're putting out there. So it really works for whether you're in a corporate space or whether you say, okay, I wanna do this full time. And the opportunity is just huge.
1: Amazing. Destiny, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all these insights. For those of you who are listening, be sure to look out the links that we're going to send to Destiny's Business and look into your own calling summit, where you can learn more about how you get to have that kind of clarity on the path that you want to go through, depending on if you're deciding to continue on the career or be launching your own project at the same time. To give you a few recaps of what we talked about today, we talked about how making that transition from career to entrepreneur can sometimes be very scary, and it's not done in a very comfortable way because it's not going from bad to good. It's going from good to also maybe good, maybe not even as good, but knowing that this is the calling that you want to go on. The journey itself is going to challenge you every step of the way because you're going to be taking on more and more responsibilities. We've seen some key milestones that happen when you decide to make the leap are going to be, do you leap? what is your first client? How do you keep growing from there? How do you start having your own team? How do you have your own product out there? And when you put yourself out there, you'll see that you feel more responsibilities. You'll feel that there's some hesitations of putting yourself out there, but this is one of the fears that you overcome. And guess what? If you stay within the career, you're going to see similar types of challenges that come through you. And that's just the way life is. Now, a big thing that most people judge when they're about to do it is Am I able to do this and this you'll see that you can find so many resources online including following destiny here where she can show you what are the things you need to develop so you can actually do this because it's so much easier than ever before and the second thing we ask ourselves is will it work and so as we speak about this there's so many case studies there's so many businesses that thrive and work today especially as online education if this is the space you want to go into is a thriving and accepted field more than ever. It's a beautiful time to learn the skills that are necessary to do this, and that key skill that Destiny spoke about is this ability to learn marketing, especially online marketing. If you bring that within your toolset, it makes you just so much more equipped to be able to handle the world, especially since we are in an attention economy. Everybody's trying to compete for that attention, so if you learn the concepts of marketing, whatever it is that you believe in, your passion, the path that you're on, you'll be able to get people to pay attention to that and be able to shift their lives to be just a little bit better. Destiny, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all these amazing insights. This was such a fascinating conversation. Everybody listening in, thank you so much for tuning in and until next time.